Football is a team sport and the ability to work together effectively has underpinned so many great World Cup sides. But it's also about remarkable individuals, icons whose cultural impact transcends the sport itself. On Tuesday, viewers of World Cup 2022 may well get their first glimpse of Messi, Lewandowski and Mbappe, true superstars of the world game. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is World Cup Only Better. Some wonderful individuals on my top tipping team today, of course, including Mark O'Hare. Mark, let's get straight into it. Uh, 10 on Tuesday morning, Argentina against Saudi Arabia. Building up to this World Cup, we've been very positive about Argentina, very positive about Messi. It's kind of a gentle start, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, probably the, the, the best opportunity for them to sort of get into their groove, really. But um just on Saudi Arabia, I don't think they'll be as bad as we saw them four years ago. They did win a match, obviously. They beat Egypt in a bit of a dead rubber four years ago in Russia. But to start the competition with that 5-0 hammering by by Russia, I don't think they'll be as bad as that. I think they can be competitive um, just because they've come on leaps and bounds, really, in terms of both on and off the pitch, in terms of standards being driven by their head coach, Irv Renard, who's kind of renowned in African football circles as a bit of a, an international football head coaching genius really and um you look there they are a, a team uh, individually who are let's say um you know a long way off the same caliber of player from, from Argentina they're a completely home based squad but that's allowed them to be in preparation for this competition for for quite a few weeks now but um obviously we That works Qatar. very well for Qatar I noticed <laughs> I was going to say yeah. <laughs> I was going to say so um clearly they you know it, it's the haves against the have nots really but um I think possibly playing Argentina first up is is about as good as it can be for Saudi Arabia. Um, a lot of these Argentinian players will have been playing in uh, key league matches just over a week ago. Um, Scaloni even squeezed in a friendly last midweek for Argentina as well, which I felt was prob- possibly a bit unnecessary, especially when you've got Messi playing 90 minutes. But um, there we go. So, yeah, I mean, it should be straightforward for Argentina. The handicap is set at two in the Asian line. Don't really disagree with that. I think if you... If you like small prices, you can get Argentina minus one three quarters at around one point seven one on the exchange, which is which is fair enough. Really, you're getting paid out a half stakes win if Argentina win by exactly two goals, and a full stakes if they win by three or more goals. That feels very achievable, really. So, uh, the Argentinian goal line is set around two and a half. So, um, you know, if you expect Argentina to score three, they should be winning this game by by at least two. Um, but I had a little nosy around, and I thought, well, if the the market's anticipating Argentina score three goals here. Their starting centre forward, Lautaro Martinez, is eleven to ten to score any time. Um, Messi's around four to six, so there's a massive difference there between the two teams, between the two players. Uh, they both scored the same amount of goals during qualification, um, and Lautaro's record starting up front for Argentina is really strong: twenty-one goals and forty caps, a goal every one hundred and twenty-seven minutes, and during the qualifiers, it was a goal every one hundred nine minutes, um, which is really quite impressive. So you're getting odds against on him to score. Uh, starting up front for a team who are likely to score three or more goals according to the market. I thought that was probably fair enough. Yeah, that seems an enormous price, quite frankly. I'm quite excited about that, if I'm honest. Uh, the dashing doctor of data is with us, Jake Oscarthorpe from InfoGoal. Jake, uh, you know I love an anytime goal scorer bet, so that's got me excited. What, what angle have you got for me? 
Uh, probably not as exciting, um, but I do. I do. Don't I do, do yourself down. What a start! <laughs> yeah, well, you know, start as you mean to go on. Um, yeah, it, it, I think the tried and tested podcast favourite of our favourite win and under three and a half goals, I think, makes a lot of appeal here. You're getting one point nine three, which I thought was a little bit on the big side. I thought it'd be a bit shorter. Uh, like Mark said, Saudi Arabia have improved considerably over the last four years. Um, Argentina are a team that generally when they win, they don't win by a massive margin. They don't blow teams out um, four, five, six or anything like that. Um, and actually 10 of their 11 World Cup qualifying wins came uh, with an under three and a half goals in there. So Argentina winning under three and a half goals would have won in 10 of 11 World Cup qualifying wins. Also would have won in four of seven Copper America games, which um, yeah rounds off a, a nice kind of um, percentage. Uh, and yeah, no questions Argentina are the better team. It's just a case of how many will they win by? And I don't think they'll win by, um, you know, 4-0 four, four or more or anything like that. I think it'll be very much a maybe a 1-0, 2-0. Um, uh, yeah, I think my, my main thoughts heading into the, the World Cup is that it will favour the favourites in every game, just purely because of the, you know, the exhaustion factor. If the, the heat becomes an issue, you've got five subs you can bring in. Um, and that, those five subs on the better team are obviously of a better quality. So it might be a case that, you know, looking at half-time draw, full-time Argentina might be something that's worth a little angle as well at a big price. Uh, but for me, I, I do quite like a, a narrow, or not a narrow, but a comfortable low-scoring Argentina win. Uh, we saw with uh, Ecuador and Qatar, Ecuador went up early on and then just went down into second gear and quite comfortably saw that one through. Trader and tipster Emmett O'Keefe is with us. Obviously, the feeling is that Argentina are going to win this, but how do we... Uh, attack it in your view, Emmett. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd echo everything Jake said there. I think just to, just to give a few numbers to it, in South American qualifying, Argentina actually only scored 27 goals, which was the same number as Ecuador. And for comparison, Brazil actually scored 40. So as Jake said, this, this isn't necessarily a team that kind of will really blow away the opposition. And just for Saudi Arabia, on Saudi Arabia, they had like, just looking at some of Liam Tarm's statistics from the Athletic, they, they had the worst kind of shot numbers and the worst XG, XG numbers of the kind of big teams in Asian qualifying. So I think we know exactly how this game is going to go. This is going to be a Saudi Arabia parking the bus and seeking the whole Argentina out. And just looking at some of the Saudi Arabia's f- f- friendly results, I was quite impressed with their defence. They played Croatia, Colombia, Ecuador and one other kind of good European side. And it was only only two goals scored in those four matches. So there is there are signs there that they will have a kind of very disciplined and organised defence under football hipsters' favourite, Herve her Reynard. So yeah, I, 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 I definitely lean Argentina under three and a half goals for me at, at around 1.9 on the exchange. He's a superstitious man, Renard. You'll see him wearing a crisp white shirt uh, for all of the games. He's stuck with that for quite some time. Uh, every day of the first week of the World Cup, by the way, we'll be offering a completely free £2 bet builder. Max one free £2 bet per customer per day applies to any bet builder on any World Cup game from the 20th to the 26th of November. Minimum combined odds 1.5 eligibility criteria and T's and C's apply. So then... If we were looking at a bet builder, Mark, I guess if I think about all of the things you guys have said, maybe Argentina to win under three and a half goals and Lautaro to score, maybe. Is there anything else you'd chuck in there? Well, that comes in at 378, which is not a bad price, in fairness. Um, not asking for a huge amount, are we? Just Argentina to win by any score. If it doesn't involve them scoring four goals or more and Lautaro to score any time, I think that's a, a nice price, in fairness. 
Now, at one o'clock, the dark horses that are getting lighter all the time. Denmark take on Tunisia. Uh, Jake, can Denmark be a dark horse if we all keep going, oh, Denmark are dark horses? Um, not too sure. Um, I, I, th- I think it's a question I was, I was going to ask Mark anyway. Is like, what kind of, how do we sort of discuss or what a dark horse is? Is it pl- price related? Is it anyone who's like maybe 40 to 1 or bigger or... Because um, I know Denmark, they were trimmed in a little bit before the tournament. Yeah, I, I'd sort of say 33 to 1 and bigger, I think can be considered a dark horse. But yeah, Kev's right. It's, if people are sort of talking about them consistently now as uh, being a, a, one of the best teams from outside of the sort of top level, then, you know, the sort of dark horse tag can be sort of faded a little bit. But yeah, price wise is what I normally look towards. Yeah, because, Jake, they've beaten France home and away now in the Nations League and people are looking at that and thinking, oh, well, actually, we thought they might finish second in the group at best, but obviously France have a few injury problems. Is there an opportunity here for Denmark to win their group? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I think I think I said on the on the outright pilot, I think the, the way in which they do win the group is to beat the likes of Tunisia and Australia a little bit heavier than what France do, um, because I do think that, I think, is am I right in saying it's the final game, Denmark France in the group? So it's sort of kind of the, the big decider. Um, there's every chance that ends in a draw with both teams kind of maybe resting and, and rotating. Um, but I think they'll have a, a bit of trouble breaking this Tunisia side down. Um, very good defensive side, our Tunisia. So I was looking at under two and a half goals at 1.75. It's a shortish price, but when you look at Tunisia, you know, we've got a big sample size of 30 games. The unders has landed in 20 of those 30 games. So just shows you just how tight their games tend to be. They they are a team that rely heavily on the defence and don't really score too many goals. Um, so I just thought the unders made a lot of sense. I, I rate Denmark highly. I think they'll have a good tournament. Um, so I was leaning maybe towards Denmark to win under three and a half goals, but I've got quite a lot of respect for the Tunisia backline. Um, so just taking the pure unders for me was, was the smarter play at a shorter price. Emmett, what do you make of this? We know the Danes got all the way to the semi-finals of the Euros, played very well in doing so, and that they don't rely on. I know Christian Eriksen is the heartbeat of the team, technically and creatively, but it's not like they rely on one particular goal scorer. Absolutely, I think that's. <clears throat> I think like Denmark are one of the most obvious teams in international football that are better better than some of their parts. They have a club level kind of levels of organisation and attacking structure under manager Casper Hillmund. I think I'm I'm really intrigued to to, to, to see how good they can be because, uh, as we know, in the last Euros, all that success w- was achieved without Christian Eriksen. And for those who kind of aren't aware, Christian Eriksen would have a better goal score record international level that that he would for his club. He usually raises his level for international football. So I I, I I I've kind of fancied Denmark for the group against France for a long time, and and obviously that's um that's that that's looking slightly better with the with Karen Benzema's injury. For this game specifically, though, I'd, I'd kind of I'd, uh, I'd echo what Jake said about Tunisia's defence. Um, they, they, they were beaten comfortably by Brazil in a friendly five-one, but before that, they only conceded one goal in their last nine games. So again, like much like, um, much like the much like Argentina, Saudi, Saudi Arabia, I think we know the shape of the game. We'll, we'll be here, Tunisia sitting deep, and seeing seeking Denmark open them up. Um, I, I'm I'd probably be a bit more confident in, in Denmark just because they. They, 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 in terms of in terms of goal scoring output, the Argentina they 
they do tend to kind of break teams down and they they can kind of tack they can be tactically versatile with kind of playing when even Yoko Mali play, of Atlanta plays a wing back for them he basically plays as an extra wide forward and he, and, and and he makes um, and he makes it very difficult to defend against I just if, if you're thinking of backing him I just wait to see to see see the kind of Denmark style if he plays a full back he won't quite bomb on but if he plays a wing back I think he'd be worth a look in the kind of shots on target and and goal score markets but yeah the bet I'd lean towards would be Denmark market under and under three and a half goals at already even money on the exchange I think I think kind of a, a relatively comfortable maybe two, two or three nil de, two, two or three nil Denmark win is what I can see here yeah, Mark, you've been very positive about Denmark. And that was actually way before the Euros, actually. You were talking about Denmark being a dangerous team and you were absolutely right about that. And Emmett's right, players like Joachim Mailer, you know, you think about strikers, don't you, and attacking midfielders, but the wing-backs are so important in modern football and they can hurt you in loads of different ways. Yeah, Denmark definitely have a an area of strength down the flanks. And Mailer was the, the top goal scorer, actually, for Denmark during qualification and and 18 players contributed to goals for Denmark during qualification, which shows the, the versatility and the adaptability of this team. Uh, they can spread the load and spread the wealth around. Now to have Christian Eriksen back in the fold as well to lead the team just gives them that bit more of an X factor too. So um, this is a dangerous game, I think, for Denmark. I agree with Emmett in terms of the, the plan of action to take Denmark to win in under three and a half goals at evens. Um, but uh, Kasper Hulman, the Danish coach, has has talked about at length, really, about the conditions in Qatar and the fact that this game is their first game and it's going to be played in the afternoon heat as well. Conditions which should suit Tunisia, who will look to put two deep-line defence or defensive blocks in place, aim to frustrate and rely on set pieces and counter-attacks. And, you know, in Kasri and Yusuf Sakni, they've got players of ability in forward areas, more so than Saudi Arabia, to, to cause that threat too. So this isn't a gimme, I don't think, for Denmark, but they should have enough ability to find a way through and, and get the... All important goal. I, I'm expecting a, a sort of a one nil or a two nil Danish victory, which um, kind of suits uh, you know all well both what Jake and Emma has already sort of outlined really in terms of unders and and a Danish positive approach really. But uh, I had that earmarked at evens, but I, I just saw an odds on that the featured section. You can back Denmark to win, Denmark to have the most shots on target, and Denmark to have the most corners, which is thirteen to ten. So it's a bigger price than backing Denmark to win on under three and a half goals. And you know, by the way in which we've sort of proposed this match to be pretty much uh, one side hogging possession, hogging territory, and dominating the dominating the ball in forward areas, you know, ideally they're probably going to have more shots on target and more corners in Tunisia too. So that's an alternative at a bigger price. Now we've got a very exciting offer for the World Cup. It's to do with the Golden Boot market. Bet ten pounds on the Golden Boot winner and get a free two pound bet every time they score or assist. Applies to the first bet placed on the Golden Boot market. Maximum two pound free bet per goal or assist. T's and C's apply. Eighteen plus. See gambleaware.org. And talking of the Golden Boot, there's a certain Robert Lewandowski who's in action when Poland face Mexico at four. Mexico, I was surprised to see the slight favourites here, Mark. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I don't rate this Mexican team very highly, nor the neither do the uh, the Mexican public. Actually, they're they're very negative about their team's chances this year. Normally, it's all been about the fifth game, uh, getting through the last sixteen. You know, Mexico traditionally always get through the group and go out in the last sixteen, but this time around. You know they're, they're going to be pretty fortunate to even get through the group. I think with Argentina already in that in that pool, and, and now Poland too. Um, we talked about in the preview shows really that Mexico Barlazano are, are lacking any sort of attacking thrust right now in forward areas. Key players are are injured or not fit. 
Um, they've been struggling to sort of create and carve out key opportunities under Tata Martino recently. And um, yeah, it's basically a, a shadow of the team we've seen in previous World Cups, really. And look, Poland have their flaws. Um, absolutely, they do. More so in defensive areas, but they have real big threats in forward areas. You mentioned Lewandowski, uh, Zielinski, obviously the, the other, you know, Milik from the bench, potentially Piontek as well. You know, they've got plenty of players who can cause problems in forward areas and score goals. And um, I'm really looking forward to this game, actually. I think it might be the first of the ones which could liven up and be quite open and exciting because I think both teams will know Argentina are fair favourites to top the pool and um, Saudi Arabia are fair favourites to finish bottom. So it could come down to this shootout, really. And, you know, it's two ways it can go. It could be quite tight and, and tentative, really. First game of a World Cup, which I wouldn't be too surprised if that's how things start in the first 45 minutes. But providing we get a goal early enough or before a half time, at least, this match could really explode. So I'm hoping we do get some, you know, goal mouth action early on and, and things could really spark into life, really, because I don't rate the, the Polish defence, but absolutely have the edge in forward areas. So you look at the goal line. I thought the goal line was set quite low here. It's, it's over two goals, about 1.83. Um, but still, you require three or three or more to get paid out on that goal line selection. So the alternative for me was to back both teams to score, which is trading at 2.14 on the exchange. Um, that feels like a big price considering what's at stake here. Um, you know, I might be sort of thinking a bit ahead of myself here, but last half hour, both of these two teams realistically should be looking to try and win this match considering yeah. Argentina in the pool. So, yeah, just a bit of a hunch really, but we might see a more open and attacking game than we probably used to in the, in the first round of group games. And finally, the world champions France begin the defence of their title as they take on Australia. No Karim Benzema, no Christopher Nkunku, no Paul Pogba, no N'Golo Conte, no Presnel Kimpembe. A lot of players out. We've always talked about that incredible squad depth, Jake. It's being tested now, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, I think it's probably a good thing for France that they're opening games Australia because that shouldn't be much of a test, really. Um, I think the the, you know... As you said, the squad depth is fantastic. The reported 11 that the keeper are suggesting is going to play looks really strong and looks like it would be more than capable of dominating this um, Australia team. A slight I didn't change. even bother to call up a replacement for Benzema. That's how yeah. confident he is in the strength of the squad. I was interested. About I thought that there'd be a great opportunity to maybe blood a, a young player and get him used to tournament football. But, you know, Deschamps, he knows what he's doing, I guess. He's won a World Cup. Um yeah, it probably doesn't want to upset the apple cart too much and bring more competition for places. Um, but yeah, I have no doubts that France are going to win this one quite comfortably. I think they'll have way too much in forward areas. Um, midfield's probably the area where I have most question marks around France, but I think they'll have little to worry about from a defensive standpoint in midfield. It'll be more about trying to create chances and break down Australia. So I just thought France to win to nil just looked a massive price at 1.95. Um, I thought it'd be a lot shorter... Uh, Percy, I think Australia are one of the worst teams at this World Cup. Um, and if you think that the same bet in the, you know, the England-Iran game is around the same price, then, you know, for example, I just think that 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 this this is a much bigger gulf in quality, um, France and Australia, than England-Iran. So, um, yeah, one point nine five looked good. I think France they, they should get off to a good start. I don't think it'll be you know an absolute battery. I don't think it'll be four five nil or anything like that. But controlled, um, it's kind of a game that they they need to win. More pro maybe probably need to win by a couple of goals just because we expect Denmark to be right up there with them. And we I think Denmark could easily do Australia two, three, four as well. So, um, yeah, I, I just think the clean the clean sheet is the key for me. I, I can't see Australia scoring. Yeah, I mean, we look at 
the attacking options that France have, and you think of Olivier Giroud, and it seems crazy that not that long ago it wasn't certain he was going to be part of the squad, but he's closing in on going past Thierry Henry um, in terms of goals scored for France. He scored vital goals for Milan as they won the Scudetto last season. It's not a bad guy to bring in, is it really? Definitely not, and it's interesting, isn't it, that... um... When Mbappe was, uh, when those leaked reports of Mbappe wa- wanting to leave PSG were made a couple of months ago, he referenced kind of how uh, how he how he liked to play with kind of a Giroud style centre forward to play off. So I think Mbappe mightn't actually be that disappointed that Benzema's out, even though it does kind of work work uh, kind of lessen France's chances. This team will now be a very Mbappe centric team, with him getting kind of a greater majority of the shots and scoring chances. I'd echo everything Jake said about Australia. They definitely look one of the worst teams at the tournament. They don't have they usually in previous rounds they've had a kind of a a few kind of decent players a kind of Premier League quality which they don't really seem to have now I'm just doing a bit of reading there's there there seems to be quite a bit of criticism of of their coach and they're kind of it doesn't look like his contract's going to be renewed after the tournament that's Graham Arnold I think is their coach and uh, they're both their centre halves uh, Suter and Rolls I think it is are are, are, are both put out with kind of long-term injuries and Kind of being any any kind of rust after long term injury is not what you want against Kylian Mbappe and uh, Griezmann, <laughs> Griezmann no. and France's attack. So yeah, I definitely look at. I'd be looking at kind of yeah maybe for, if you're looking for kind of a team based one, I'd probably look at France the handicap yeah a close to even money, but I wouldn't put I wouldn't put anyone off backing Mbappe to score any time even even two plus or even even a hat trick. I think this he's he's he's, he's five to six score any time, which feels like feels like good value to me, and then to, to, uh, to score two plus at, at around four to one. Mark, any any additional ones that have caught your eye? No, um, I'm on the same bet as Jake. France to, to win uh, and BTTS, no, which is 1.95. Uh, originally, I was looking at France to win and under three and a half goals. That's only 2.02, so very little difference between them and just allows, I mean, I don't see Australia scoring for all the reasons. The guys have said there's only two players in that squad who are playing in Europe's top five leagues and neither of them are first choice for their club, at Verona or Cadiz, which kind of goes to show the state of this Australian squad right now and Graham Arnold is, is not liked back home. There's a lot of public opinion against him. The decision to leave Tom Rogic out of the squad has, has raised a lot of eyebrows. I know he missed out in the playoffs and that was down to, to personal reasons, but um, there was talk that he wanted to come back into the fold, but for whatever reason, which haven't been disclosed, he's, he's not in the squad. So that's probably robbed Australia of their only key player, really. So it's down to Aaron Moy to, to sort of hold that team together and, you know, they're bang average players and they'll look to rely on being, as they say, the Aussie DNA of running hard and, and battling hard. But uh, that only brings you so far when you're playing world-class opposition. So yeah, I expect France to win fairly comfortably, but uh, I thought win to nil uh, or win win and BTTS no, which is 1.95, was the best route of attack. And just to all our Australian fans, I hope you very much enjoyed the show. Uh, That's all we have time for on this edition of World Cup Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. If you want the best tips and insight delivered straight to your inbox, you can sign up for our World Cup newsletter at betting.betfair.com. And while you're there, you can see all of the great World Cup preview content that we have. From Jake, from Mark, from Emmett and from me, it's goodbye for now. 